You're listening to the One Two Three Show, and uh, since it's Tuesday, it is time for a bit of live chat with Andrew Dembina, our food and drinks man about town. Andrew, it's good to speak to you. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Happy Decade, and Happy Second Child to you. Nice. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Um, it's nice to speak to you. I've I've missed hearing. I mean, I hear you on the radio, but I've missed chatting to you on the radio. So it's nice to finally be able to chat with you again. Likewise, it seems like quite a long time, actually. Um, how many months was it again? Um, uh, three and a half months. Who's counting? Yeah, I mean, I did, that is a while. Yeah, it is. It, it it's a long. I'll tell you what. It's a long time to not sleep. I'll tell you that much. I, right. I, well, you know, if you will have your second child. <laughs> I, I call her the city because the city never sleeps. So that's her nickname. Oh, the, the, oh, the city's up again. That's a shame. Yes. <laughs> that is a shame. But, um, It'll and, get better. I hope so. That's what they always yeah. say. Um, but yeah. anyway, so we're going to be chatting about new food trends of 2020, yeah. 2020, but also looking back at some of the old ones of 2019. Exactly. If I can just jump jump straight in, then it's um, before we get on to uh, what are predicted to be some trends for this year. Can I just I'll just mention these two, which are kind of bridging the 2019 2000, looking likely to spill into this year. Yeah. Sure. Can. So, okay. So um, the um, uh, in some uh, among some chefs at the end of last year and critics internationally. Uh, a lot was being said about one of the buzzwords that's been in cuisine for two to three years now. And the word is authenticity. And we've mentioned it, we've mentioned it briefly before. But a, a lot of diners, uh, especially with the advent of food forums, such as Yelp, the International Food Forum, and restaurant pages of TripAdvisor, uh, they sing the praises of hole-in-the-wall restaurants that are you know, the real deal, if you like, in inverted commas. This can be anything from a Mexican family restaurant, uh, you know, a taco shop in the US, to a fish and chip shop in the UK, that kind of thing. It doesn't mean that food that's bad for you is, is food that everyone's banging on about. Um, it, it could be a juice bar or a salad bar or a bakery that's doing things in a traditional way without pretense. So authenticity has been a big buzzword for, for, for last year, and it's definitely spilling into this year. Um, and I don't know, Noreen, if you think about it, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's not sort of doing humble brags about having, you know, about, about having something that is a hole-in-the-wall thing for the sake of it, but it's just about um, not wanting to have to always be talking about things that are blingy or cool and hip or places at the moment. I don't know if you noticed that before you had your uh, hibernation into, uh, you know, the, 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 the being, being a, a mum for the second time. No, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be out and about noticing it then. But have you noticed, like in the last year the, the uh, or so, that people do, don't do feel they have to mention everything that's hip and cool about restaurants and bars? I think, I think it's definitely yeah. uh, a trend. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we, we went uh, to Australia for, for Christmas and also it is mm. about discovering these authentic places, you know, finding uh, where, where Nepalese Momo dumplings were. And uh, those yeah. restaurants aren't exactly sort of your high-end restaurants, but they are small mm. family-run places. And those are the ones who are often the busiest during lunchtimes and, and they're small, you know, right. with only a few seats available. Um, yeah. And But those are the ones that are, are gaining a lot of traction. And people 
people do sort of, I mean, they don't really check into the social media, but they're, they're, you know, it's shared. Oh, have you been to this street? There's a really mm. nice uh, Lebanese restaurant, for example, and, you know, right. go check it out, that, right. that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's, uh, that's interesting, Australia as well. I mean, it is, it, is, it is definitely the way. I mean, I hear about it on and off in the UK, as, from the UK people that I know there as well. And um, what's happening now is that some new restaurants in the last year, let's say, have been making sure that there is a feeling of authenticity in their restaurant. And that's why I think it was about a year ago that you and I were talking about there was a little bit of an uproar, or at least a lot of tongues wagging, about uh, Gordon Ramsay opening a restaurant called The Lucky Cat, which was in London, oh, which yeah. was, uh, you know, and he, and he was talking about authentic Japanese cuisine. He'd never done a Japanese restaurant before, and people gave him a hard time about it. Now, that did turn out to be something that is still in business. You know, it's not getting the best reviews in the world, but, but, it, but it's this thing. I think there's a little bit of a backlash of, uh, of not having, um, you know, the right type of chef there who should know about it. Um, but authenticity also in getting the ingredients to do the talking. Last week, just before you came back um, on, on, the, on this programme, I was interviewing a, a, a chef, the new executive chef of the Island Shangri-La Hotel. And he was saying that even in elevated cuisine that he's dealing with, um, he's been in it for more than two decades, there's never been a time when um, the ingredients are what the chefs in top restaurants also want to uh, to bring to the fore. Instead of embellishing it with lots of um, things which can be quite complicated and so many things on a plate, especially in the top-end uh, restaurants, but to focus on the most important thing being the authenticity of the ingredients, going for um, going for the, uh, the seasonal produce and letting ingredients shine is a phrase we might hear. It's a bit of a cliche. You might hear a bit too much of it. Um, excuse the dog barking in the background. I'll be giving him a good kicking when I get off the phone. Um, as much as I am an animal lover, but I think that's a little bit rude. I can't, uh, I can't reach him right now, Noreen, and I have no idea what he's barking about. Uh, but know, it's an authentic bark. It's that's authentic, for sure. exactly. I, I can't really yeah. hear him, but um, oh, I'll, I'll take. Sorry for bringing that up. Then, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, just, 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 just to wrap up this particular point. Um, about 10 years ago, or 10 or more years ago, everything was about being clever is a, you know, uh, maybe not the kindest way of saying it, but about being um, very inventive with the way things were presented. And there was uh, was a chef called uh, Ferran Adria of El Bulli uh, restaurant in Spain, and he was doing something called molecular cuisine, and he was breaking down everything which has, um, uh, he, he would deconstruct every dish that he did. An apple crumble would be bits of crumble next to, um, you know, next to poached sweetened apple puree, and there'd be currants on the side. Everything was deconstructed. There was a lot of dry ice involved, um, and uh, it, 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 all, uh, it all became a bit more complicated than it needed to be. And Heston Blumenthal from the UK was another person who, um, who, who got into this. Um, um, this, this kind of uh, making things a lot more uh, complex than, uh, than, than they're trying to be now with the authenticity of the ingredients shining. Anyway, I think I've made that point clear. <laughs> Being authentic is very important, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, uh, the, 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 the second um, uh, sort of hanging over from 2019 and segging into this year 
is um, is something more specific. And this one does apply to fine dining restaurants only. There's a there's a whole bird dining trend uh, in uh, Europe and the U.S. And according to uh, the U.S. publication called Eater, um, the, uh, the 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 height of fine dining last year was serving poultry with its beak, claws, and feathers intact at the table. Now, that's a bit extreme, I think, with the feathers and so on, and the beak. Um, it, it, it started with uh, a Danish uh, restaurant, which, is, uh, which has been the top of a lot of great restaurant lists for, for some, some years. It's called Noma, in the middle of nowhere in Denmark. People go and visit this place that, um, that focuses on things that come from the forest nearby. So it had cooked game, and its dishes included um, uh, tempura, uh, fried um, mallards, the male uh, duck wing with feathers that were still attached. And it also served a duck brain, which was eaten out of the duck's skull with a spoon that was made out of the duck's beak to eat it with. <laughs> now, this is really going to the extreme end, isn't it, of, uh, of dining. I've, um, I've got a picture of that, Noz, which I was thinking of sending to you, but it's probably, it's not, probably not a very nice thing to look at when you're... <laughs> When you're just when you're just back at work and feeling a little, you know, just Go trying on. to get back into things. Don't need that distraction, thank you. Go on. <laughs> well, okay, I will. I will Maybe do. I'll, try, I'll, yeah. I'll send that. I'll send it over to you. But um, so um, in, in, and in Los Angeles, so that was in Denmark. In, in LA, at a restaurant called Angler, there was a chef uh, called Josh Skeens who roasted a whole chicken in the dining room's open fireplace, so all of the other diners as well as those eating it could see that going on. And it was the. Uh, it was also, it was not with feathers on, but it was the full bird, feet still uh, on it, head still on it. And uh, it was served like that on the platter, taken off the fire and put on there like that, um, you know, sort of a bit charred on the outside. And another restaurant in San Francisco uh, called Birdsong, which is all about um, poultry, um, uh, wood pigeon is served after fermenting the whole bird. So it ferments the bird, as some dishes are fermented in Asian cuisine, um, and its guts are still in the bird. Now, that's very unusual for Western cuisine. Um, yeah, and um, uh, last one, because I don't want to, you know, don't want to make you feel too bad there, but, but in the same restaurant, Birdsong, they offer meatballs made from uh, guinea hen, which is a type of uh, game bird in season. And uh, But they serve it um, uh, on a... Uh, on a platter of the bird's feathers. You know, what it is, is um, I think being a bit more, it's back to the authenticity again. It's authenticity, a nod to the actual ingredients themselves so that we know what we're eating instead of uh, it being a kind of, uh, and and of course we've talked about this before, being a a filleted, sanitised, you know, chilled section of the supermarket that you don't, um, you know, where you don't know what this kind of lean piece of meat is really or um having a burger where you really don't know what's inside mm. um you know it could be from various birds and uh, it's not accountable so very so interesting that, indeed i didn't think i'd be hearing about that kind of <laughs> weird food about, about eating about eating eating a duck's brain with its with it, with it, with its uh, cleaned uh, up bill yes <laughs> yeah, yeah right no sorry sorry to lay that on you first uh no first, problem. first tuesday back maybe but, i can um, kick start maybe one of the food trends that i read um that will yeah. that will that will be leading sure. the way in in 2020 and i yeah. i read this uh, on bbcgoodfood.com and one of mm-hmm. them is uh 
interesting ice cream flavors. Now, everybody loves a good yeah. ice cream, I think, from time to time. Totally do. I think last year we saw some interesting sort of white rabbit candy flavors and all those. Oh, yeah. But this year we're looking at more sort of adult flavoring ice cream, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And and yeah. some of them will be sort of gin flavored. And the other, ah. the other one that I saw is, th- this is kind of interesting, goat's cheese flavored with a licorice yeah. sauce. That's- oh, Right. I, I mean, I mean, that's that. Wow, that's that's quite a lot going on there, isn't it? Because goat's cheese is. I, I have had goat's cheese ice cream before. Have that's you? delicious. But oh. not. Yeah, but but licorice is a massively strong flavour. I know. Trying licorice to imagine sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, if for for those of you, you know, each to their own. But I just think it may be a bit too strong as a sauce. Mm. I don't you, know. Any, any others there, Noreen? I don't really fancy that combination. They'd be fighting against each other, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would, definitely. What about a shrimp-flavoured ice cream? I haven't heard of that. Are you, are you, are yeah, are you thinking about up. what would be interesting? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm just made up. I'm just thinking, would it be interesting? Mm. Or a smoked, I don't know, smoky flavour one, like a smoked fish flavour one. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent. This mm. is getting weirder. Yeah, you know, I'll let you get back I, to the real trend. No, 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 it's interesting, Noz. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, there was a, I once on a media trip, because I used to do some travel writing, I went to Singapore and... Um, there was um, in the hotel that the, 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 the group, the media group, was staying in. We were um, we were taken to a top floor restaurant um, of, with a great view of the city. There was a British chef in there, and it was it was in always uh, always humid and sticky Singapore. And we were served, even though it was an evening. They wanted us to try their roast beef that they would normally serve on a Sunday. You know, they had the media in, and they wanted us, if they could, to talk about the. Uh, the, the roast dinner they were doing a few years ago now, but so we tried it. It was it was roast beef. It was a hot night in Singapore, and there was a terrace to this restaurant which was outdoors. We had a drink there. We came back into the air conditioned restaurant, and um, we served um, uh, slices of roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, and uh, and instead of um, having uh, being offered mutton and horseradish, we were scooped on the plate without asking if we wanted it or not. It was a scoop of horseradish flavored ice cream. And it was it was homemade, and it was really. I mean, you know, it was it was quite interesting, um, but but it was it was um, it was ground with um, with horseradish root, and it was made in house. But I just thought it was trying to be something, you know. So you had your hot um, potatoes, beef, and Yorkshire pudding, and then an ice cold horseradish sauce. Too much, Noreen. Too much. <laughs> That's so odd. <laughs> I'm, I'm, speech, I'm speechless. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it, it just seemed like it was doing it to be something a bit different. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, that, yeah. That, so um, we were talking about authenticity of ingredients. I, I just want to mention that um, uh, for supermarkets in Hong Kong, we all know that, um, that you can get things, you know, whether you want to be conscious of your uh, carbon footprint or not, there are gourmet supermarkets where you can get some very high-end ingredients uh, in, in malls and we know where they are. Um, there, is a, there is a new venture, and I'm all for kind of supporting people who start new things, an insider tip, that something that has just launched this year by a supplier to many of the really top restaurants in hotels and Michelin-starred restaurants mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. They've started to do an internet uh, platform for... Um, high-quality farmed caviar, because you can't really 
caviar is off limits to the wild caught sturgeon now because there aren't enough of them in the wild. Mm. And um, preserved black truffle, black truffles, vanilla from Papua New Guinea, and really high grade rice. A lot of it from around Asia. And um, I know we don't try and plug things too much, but it's called WP Gourmet. Because we do mention, we look, we're, we're talking about the other ones that are around town. We know what they are. Um, but but I just think that people should have a look because it's it's a new thing and it's um, it's something which does have some quite credible and thoughtfully sourced ingredients. And they are in a competitive price. And this is the way that I think that, that gourmet food shopping may go, like we've had with clothes shopping and so on. I mean, it'll be a shame in some respects with the beating that, uh, that Hong Kong retail sector is taking already. On the other hand, the reports um, that I've heard from retail and restaurant and bar sector is that prices haven't really dropped enough um, during the last seven months for, um, for, those, for a lot of people to still stay in business. Mm-hmm. So it could be... That, um, that you know, on online gourmet shopping is a way to, is a way to go. So that's one worth looking at. WP Gourmet. And um, uh, in other news, um, in reported in a uh, UK newspaper last week, um, I won't ask you because you've just had a child. But I know at this time of the year, a lot of people will make New Year's resolutions to go on a diet. And yeah, yes. So. But- I've I've really sort what, of what, I, I'm I'm sort of thinking of going on, but I won't because you know breastfeeding, blah blah. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. very difficult with a newborn yes. baby. Yeah, but 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 um, well, don't think about it too hard because according to this report, Norrie, the New Year diet can be a waste of time and money. There you go. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. There's a good reason. It was in Thank the Daily you. Telegraph. Yeah. Um. So um. But um. But there are some uh, important uh, fruit and vegetable focused tips in this article that was published last week that can make a difference. So, according to uh, the the writer of the food pages in the Daily Telegraph newspaper, um, for a different range of reasons, between uh, 80 to 95% of people who do go on diets at the beginning of the year, every year, um, uh, they might not be the same people doing it every year, but of those people who do go on the diet, um, most will regain their weight between three and five years, said this article. Um, and the registered dietitian uh, called Rosie Saunt was quoted um, giving giving her expert opinion of practicing for more than a decade in the UK. Um, after a diet's finished, she says, um, or when we decide to give up, we then tend to immediately binge on food, which results in a yo-yo cycle of eating a lot and then feeling guilty about it, which can actually also give a psychological impairment to uh, the person's relationship with food and trigger, in some uh, extreme cases, eating disorders after people have been on a diet. Really? So don't do it. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's only one article, but it was an interesting read. And uh, so-called detox regimes, you know, juicing, herbal teas, um, as well as pricey supplements and the like, uh, that promise uh, weight loss uh, miracles are said to be a, t- a waste of time uh, and, and money in this article as well. The most effective solutions, uh, this nutritionist, Rosie Saunt, and the writer who interviews a few people for this article says, are eating more fresh fruits and vegetables and, and trying to kind of get them in sneakily into your diet. Mm. So five portions a day are what's recommended in the UK, but 10 are ideal, says the dietitian. 
But don't fixate, but do not fixate on the numbers, she says. It's just advised to have as much as you can. The more you have, the better. No, I mean, it's to, 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 not, to yeah. not give people too much of a hard time about it, to beat themselves up about it. So, um, best way to get them in is to shred in green leafy vegetables and fold it into pasta, risottos, and other grain dishes. Uh, or potatoes, and um, and you don't really notice they're there. And also, don't feel bad, she says, the dietitian, about um, using uh, frozen vegetables, which are more widely available, of course, outside of Hong Kong in Western countries where they're grown. But but we can get them here. But don't think that it's a bad thing. And she even mentions things which you might think have got nothing in them because you see them in, you know, macaroni noodle soups. But but peas and um, uh, and corn are fine. They're fine to have. And they save time in preparation. And there is still a lot of, uh, uh, of nutrition still in them. So um, other things in the article really quickly that are mentioned are fiber, which also helps with uh, maintain and balance body weight. Uh, gut health, which we've discussed a few times before. Kimchi, sauerkraut, miso, live yogurt, which have probiotics, yeah. Um, but it's prebiotics, which are the latest discussion. And that's the thing. Those are the foodstuffs that you eat that feed the bacteria that are um, probiotics. So prebiotics, for those who um, aren't familiar with them, are nuts, seeds, dark chocolate. All of those sound pretty good, don't they? They and, do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Leek, onion, artichoke, red wine and olive oil. Those are the most readily available prebiotics and they can feed the probiotics. So if you're taking probiotics alone, a lot of nutritionists these days are saying you need, you need, you're not getting the most out of them because those uh, friendly bacteria need stuff to feed on, and it's the prebiotics that does that. I think we need to do another chat just on the prebiotics itself. I'm afraid we're out yeah. of time uh, this week, Anders, but it's yeah. so lovely to speak to you, and we'll be chatting again uh, uh, next week. Um, but Absolutely. Yes, and Kung Hei Fat Choi in advance. And, uh, and that's, to you. Yes, thank you very and much. And a healthy one. Thank you Delicious very much, one. Andrew Dambina. <laughs> and uh, that's